Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome to the first hybrid show of the summer that does not require forced labor in the lithium mines. We are the Fantasy Millionaires and also Chalk Blocked. You know Nimble, Scott Simpson, the first person since 2020 to intentionally go viral. Let, next to him is the equivalence of Sasquatch doing the crane kick at the Ralph Macho Mike Collins. I am Bo McBrayer, a.k.a. the King of Spice, big time, just don't call me late for dinner. And we are joined by a guest this evening as enigmatic as he is handsome. He is a writer, an analyst, and a propagandist for NBC Sports Edge and Bad Faith Times. His hobbies include correcting the grammar of complete strangers, inventing homeopathic testosterone reduction remedies, and bandwagoning baseball teams that haven't been good since before he was born. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, the Coral Rove of the wide receiver industrial complex, Mr. Denny Carter. Thank you. Thank you, man. That, that amazing. What's amazing. good, Denny? I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on. That was a fantastic intro. I have to, Everything made me laugh. Everything about that intro made me laugh. What did you say about Sasquatch doing the game? That's pictures picture instead of miyagi training uh ralph macho to do the crane kick he taught sasquatch That's my <laughs> denny denny the, denny the hair carter is in the midst dude. Right. how do you like i got i got this hat on to like fake i have denny hair with this hat oh yeah you do Check look at that it's fake hair I got yeah, fake hey. hair going with the hat that's <laughs> not my hair look, it's all gone oh no now i got denny here there you go <laughs> everybody's doing it. Everybody's yeah. doing it. Can We're I tell you something about Mike real quick, everybody? Just, just, just for, for those who are not, uh, not familiar with Mike's golf game. Mm. Mike, Mike's a sandbagger. Okay. Mm. So, but Mike, I hate that guy. Listen, Mike, Mike acts like he can't play, you know, he's hitting it all over the place. And then when it comes down to competition, when it's, when we're doing best ball, me and Scott versus Mike and a friend of ours, Mike suddenly starts hitting everything. Everything's down the middle. He starts draining 25 footers out of nowhere. I'm I'm upset about it, Mike. I, honestly. This is this yeah. is all this is false. This no, is bad faith. Mike, bad faith. do not More be that faith. guy. I'm, this is Nobody a Nobody likes that guy on the golf course. I'm I'm literally one of the worst golfers in the planet. You but the only that. person worse is Nimble W. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody's disputing that, and nobody's claiming that he's actually a stick when the chips are down. We 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 play for a dollar a hole, and we end up up like it, we we shoot in the one forties, and someone wins one dollar when we play. <laughs> Good night. My goodness. Uh, that, that was like four or five years ago. I think you're selling our semi-improved you know, improved names. I don't know. I mean, you're getting some run from Denny. Denny is the best golfer I've ever played with. So, um, Denny, he can, legit. He knows, he knows he hasn't played good. with me yet. That's right. Are you good? Yeah. He yeah. hasn't played with me yet. That's why what, he can still say Denny's the best he's ever played with. What do you shoot? High 70s. Yeah, I don't do uh, that. Oh. <laughs> Mm. Um, I, I will say if I if I could get Scott a, a, on the driving range a couple times, yeah. and if I could work with Mike around the greens, 
I think first of all, Mike Mike could be freaking Seve Ballesteros around the greens if I if I could if I could help him out. And and if if I could tame if I if I could So tame, you're gonna teach him to speak Spanish? Is that what's gonna happen? That, that's that's the key uh to, to the short game. Uh and 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 Scott, if I could get his uh his swing to be a little less John Daly, I think he I think he could be a really good player. I mean, there's everything mechanically wrong with that swing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so it's is the swing resemble John Daly because of his boyish figure, or because like, he keeps chugging Diet Pepsi's the whole round? No, Simpson needs to get electroshock therapy. Like start over. Like he needs he needs to erase everything that he's been taught, like in his entire life, to correct the swing. So, so it's actually this, Bo. It, it, what I mean by Daly is that is that uh. Uh, Scott has a lot of hinge, wrist hinge in his swing, right? He starts the swing with his wrist and he gets up here and that that thing's way past parallel. I'm talking I'm talking down here. The club head's down here and then he whips it around and when he hits it, he hits the hell out of it, okay? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it goes it goes a long way. But if I could get that thing to parallel and then a nice little swing, then I think we could we could be in business. So he's I, basically treating the golf club like a back scratcher. <laughs> he looks like he looks like he's playing croquet. That's what he looks like he's doing. <laughs> you guys are, are too kind. I played baseball my whole life as a younger person, and so my mechanics are very much uh, like you know you're gonna you, you're you're just you're swinging for the fences. You know right. you're you're ripping and gripping. So um, he's telling us he didn't cross the Mendoza line either, because I mean golf swing, baseball swing is just a different plane. It's the same same wrist hinge, same hip turn. It's all the same. I played baseball my whole life too. I played I played golf starting when they told me that the golf tournaments would be all day and I would miss the entire day of classes oh, just by being on the golf team nice. and I wouldn't have to make up any work. So that was when I was like full time from baseball to golf because they were the same season. That's the process there. Yeah. Trust it. <laughs> it, it indeed. So should, that's a should, no. I'm sorry. I, I know we got to get into stuff, but. I mean, since we're all here, should we bring clubs to the fantasy expo? Should we? Should we get involved? Should we I do won't. this? Should we see if Bo really shoots in the high seventies? <laughs> I'll beat you with rental clubs if I have to. I'm a You'll lefty, so I have to. You'll beat me, yes, for sure. Uh, Mike, I won't. I won't have time. I, uh, I wish I did, but uh, they NBC has me booked solid. Uh, really. The Okay. He's really important, Mike. You don't know this about Denny, but NBC Sports Edge is now the home of Matthew Barry. You might have heard of him. Yeah. Um, he's calling it Roto World again, which I think is just dementia, but we we don't know for sure. You're gonna be you gonna be rubbing elbows with Matthew a little bit. You you got any plans to do anything with him? Uh, well, um, I, I'm not sure about his attendance at the at the expo, but um, oh, okay. but uh, yeah, I will be um, working with him a bit during the regular season. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You can I'm tell sure him he has me muted. That's fine. You can, you, can, you can tell him um you know how great your hair is regularly. I'm sure <laughs> I really like that, you know. So um, well no, we're really excited to have Denny here. And so here's the plan. You know, we were kind of you know doing a little bullshit at the front because we are friends. Um, but we're gonna talk about big wide receiver. We're gonna kind of go through some of the rounds, you know, not one through you know, whatever, but we're just gonna kind of say early round, mid round, and later round. Who are some of the wide receivers that, you know, Mr. Zero RB himself is targeting in those beginning rounds? Because, listen, if you're going to do zero RB, you got to nail the wide receivers in the first two, three rounds. Uh, and you also have to nail the, the RB. So we'll hit 
the back end too of some of those zero RBs to kind of break down if you are going to use uh, this strategy, you know, kind of walking through with Denny, how you would use this in a home league to kind of maybe be a little contrary uh, and pick up value. And then we got Bo and Mike, who they've both been known to robust RB. And they're both kind of you know, flexible, does whatever he wants. But, you know, Mike's kind of can represent big RB if he wants here and kind of give another side uh, for some of the other players, uh, maybe who he would, would advocate for uh, in that time frame. So uh, with that being said, um, I'm going to let Denny start off with. Denny, you know, out of the top four or five wide receivers, uh, and I'll go over them right now, if you're in the first round, uh, and and you're you know Mr. Big Wide Receiver here, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. Out of these guys, um, where are you getting them at value? Where do you want? Like this is the guy that I want out of this group. If I can get him at this pick, I feel like this is where I'm kind of making some meat here. Well, I, I would say I, I prefer Justin Jefferson uh, over over Cooper Cup slightly. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough call, but I think that the way the Vikings offense is going to operate this year and uh, J- Jefferson's potential is just kind of off the charts. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup had a, re- a, 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 a historic season last year. I don't know if he can repeat all of that. His yards, his yards per route run, his yards per target, all of the peripheral stuff was completely off the charts. It was it was baffling, really. I don't know if that can continue for another season. He's he's locked in as a top three guy, of course. But I, I like I like Jefferson there. And you know, I think I think Stefan Diggs, I mentioned by the way on Twitter a couple months ago that Stefan Diggs had a down year last year. And what I meant was it wasn't nearly as good as 2020. And Bill's Twitter saw this and uh they eviscerated me for uh, for about seven days straight. Uh, for mispronouncing and, and, his first name. Is it is it Stefan like Curry or is it Stefan? We Stephon. don't know. We, I, we my don't. interns have been looking into it for 24 straight hours. But um, uh, it, why don't but, you just call him? He's from Maryland. He is. He, he, is. he won't. <laughs> he won't return. He won't return. My I think it's just, he's just saying Stefan. So Diggs will call the show. He's going to be like, hey, hey, man, yeah. what's up? Yeah. But I, I think I think that that uh, Gabe Davis, the, the most controversial player in the history of fantasy football, I think that his presence on the other side of, of the formation will be good for Stefan Diggs. Actually, we, we had Joe Buscaglia, the, the beat writer for the Bills on NBC Sports Edge, a good football show the other day. And he said he said as much. He said last year they really didn't have a compliment to Diggs, right? They had they had 39-year-old Emmanuel Sanders or whatever on the other side. And Sanders was fine for the first three, four weeks of the season. After that, it was over. You know, he just he couldn't keep up. And defenses were not scared at all about anybody else catching passes in that Buffalo offense. So Diggs was the focal point. They're not going to be able to do that. Hopefully, defenses won't be able to do that. Hopefully this year, that means Diggs maybe gets some more favorable coverage. He can get back to those 2020 numbers. So those are two guys that pop out, Jefferson and Diggs, out of of that group. I like it. Uh, Bo, you seem itching to go there too. Who, out of those uh, friends, where are you hoping to land, uh, you know, your guys? Well, well I'm, um, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bo. No, it's okay, Denny. Um, I was going to agree with you. So you can, you can, you can ease off of it a bit. Uh, I agree. Jefferson is the guy to have astronomical upside O'Connell running that offense instead of God, I don't even know who was running the offense last year because it was out of the Stone Age. It was like it was like Denver. It was like, like Denver. They went from the Stone Age to the New Age instantly. 
Mike Zimmer uh, with their new office. Instagram model girlfriend. <laughs> that explains a lot of things. Um, she liked the but, yeah, the Vikings offense is going to be really tough to stop with the weaponry they have. Adam Thielen's still not dead. Everybody wants to bury the guy. He's still a really good football player. Uh, and it's it's Justin Jefferson, guys. K.J. Osborne's going to be the slot. Or Thielen will probably be the slot more than more often than anything. Osborne at the Z. Justin Jefferson's going to just light it up. And whether Kirk Cousins is good or average or somewhere in between, that offense is going to squeeze the most juice out of the lemon for Justin Jefferson down the field, especially they, there's not going to be many answers against him. Uh, I'll, I'll say that if you're talking about regression candidates, Jamar chase for me is another one where he's going to be good for a long, long time. He's only 22 still, but talk about all the big plays that he made just because defenses didn't know how to handle him. Uh, they, he saw a lot of ISO man, man-to-man coverage against the, against the Bengals, which makes no sense at all because they have three very talented wide receivers. Why would you be throwing the house at Joe Burrow when he's one of the best quarterbacks against pressure in the league? And you have guys on islands against a guy who runs a 4-3 and plays like Jamar Chase does. I think a lot of this uh, Jamar Chase upside is going to be swallowed up by just a different scheme against this offense. So I do see some regression, especially in the touchdown department and the big play department for Jamar Chase. He's still going to be great. He's probably still going to be top 10, top five even, but I'm not drafting him alongside Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup this year. I just can't. I, I don't see that same repeat performance because of how magical last year was. Same with Cup, but I see Cup as a more solid option because, uh, again, T. Higgins right there down the stretch was equal, if not better, than Jamar Chase in certain games. That's that's your boy, Collins. What do you think about that? Are you on on Bo's Jamar Chase fade, or are you fading somebody else? How are you looking at this? Well, I want to go back to Cooper Cup because I guess the argument with everybody in the first round is Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup. Um, So Cooper Cup, what's going on with Matthew Stafford's elbow? Is that is is this a concern? Because I, I'm I'm you know I, do I need to adjust the ranks? Because <laughs> if, if he if he has a bad elbow going into the season, what do you do with Cooper Cup? I mean, it's a totally different landscape. We we have we have a couple blurbs on that on NBC Sports Edge about uh, Rams beat writers saying it is a concern. It is something that the Rams are monitoring very closely. Stafford was able to throw uh, some last weekend, which was which was good to see. I think Sean McVay said he slept well after seeing that. So I guess that's a good sign. But, you know, this is a quarterback who didn't throw a single pass all offseason and likely won't be ramped up to uh, 100% uh, participation, practice participation, until the week before the regular season. You know, he, he threw more passes in his 10, 10 years or however long he spent in Detroit. He threw more passes than anybody else in the NFL. Mm. It's a it's a pitcher's injury that he has. This is, right. this is how it's been described. It's not a quarterback's injury. It's a pitcher's injury. Yeah. So, yes, I think, Mike, has you, know, you have a great point when you, you say this could be an issue. And you're, and you're starting to see you're starting to see on on best ball drafts cup slip a little bit because i think that there is that overriding concern because honestly look the rams offense is a bottom five unit without stafford oh yeah mm. yeah 
Now that that now you guys are giving me pause to adjust the ranks when we go back. I'm gonna have to you know redo my first round. Um, all right, let's let's jump down a little bit further. And uh, you know, today, you know, I had to clean. If you if you follow me on Twitter, I'm sure everyone does here. Uh, I had to clean my house, and this is the day that I have taken over from the cleaning friends who used to clean the house, and uh, we we paid for that because London, uh, you know, was sick and we just need, needed to be able to have it clean and it's overwhelming for our family. Now we're doing better, right? So I told my wife, I'll do it this summer. I'll figure it out. And I have. And I told her today, hey, we're going to continue with me doing it for the whole the whole rest of my life. I'm going I'm to keep clean. So while I do that, I'm going to be, be listening to, to, to good quality fantasy football content. And so today I was listening to a good football show, right? With my man, Danny Carter, Pat Doherty. Uh, and you had on Philadelphia's Dave I'm gonna say it's right, Zangaro, right? Is that how you say his name? That's and right. uh, yeah, I, and I, why? Why Pat had to practice ten minutes for that? You know, poor Pat. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, so that's my that's my second grade, third grade teacher. Now you see a name, you figure it out. But sure. uh, you guys were talking a billion, eleven billion targets for AJ Brown. I'm interested in AJ Brown a lot because he he brings a different dynamic to any offense that he comes into he is that guy you saw in against baltimore a couple years ago when he just manned up against like half their defense and baltimore is just a vicious defense so not every play he's going to do that but he's just going to establish a different uh i guess um persona he's rb or sorry wide receiver 12 right now how are how are you drafting him how are you dealing with aj brown when he comes across because uh, you're still probably in that wide receiver uh you know um amassing stage of, right, of right. the uh, for people who don't know, Denny is a, a wide receiver hoarder in the earlier rounds. Uh, and they, they call themselves zero RB truthers, but really he just loves wide receivers. So don't let him lie to you. Yeah. 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 He, he he's a he's a four or five wide receiver pick in a row guy. Starting off drafts. He goes four to five. There's nothing wrong with that though. I see Denny get all the flack in the world for doing that strategy. When I just did the same strategy, but it was a hero RB. I did take a first round running back, which Danny has not been opposed to in the past. Yeah. I also took an early tight end because that's if we're we're talking about a cornerstone of Denny's strategy that I wholeheartedly agree with. It's getting one of these elite top five tight ends on your team so you don't have to dig through the muck later. Because once you go through and you draft a bunch of running backs or wide receivers, you don't want to have to pick and choose which pile of crap. T- uh, outside of the top 12 tight end, you're going to, you're going to hope and pray makes this touchdown every five weeks. Uh, so yeah, it's, I just did that. I, I took yeah. Eckler in the first at, at one twelve, and I turned around and took Travis Kelsey at the two one. And then I waited around yeah. and I, it was a super flex, but I faded quarterback because there was a whole string of top wide receivers who are the alpha on their team who are going to get 120 plus targets that I'm looking at the rest of the running backs in that range. And I'm like, no, I want a guy who's going to score a ton of points and have a lot less injury risk. So at, at times, not every time at times I will take and do the anti-fragility thing that, that Denny really champions um, but other times I get a little wacky and I do hyper fragility, which it, it get it gets me a little ruffled, you know. You know, he, he's, everybody likes to get that primal urge to do something naughty. That's how yeah. I feel when I draft robust RB. But I still get an early tight end, even either way. Here, here's the difference between you and Denny. Denny doesn't want the first pick in a draft because he probably has to take an RB at that position, and if he's number two. Mm-hmm. To number twelve, he's grabbing himself a wide receiver, and then he's grabbing himself a wide receiver, and then he's grabbing himself a wide. 
the only way he's taking a running back anywhere in those first few rounds is if he's got to, if he has the number one pick. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, if I can get CMC or, or Jonathan Taylor, I, I just do it and, and, you know, bite the bullet and, and, and go uh, after that. I, I, I won't take another running back until round eight, nine, 10, somewhere in there. Um, until James Cook comes up. The, yeah, well, it depends. Like, it depends on how many flex spots you have because you kind of want to run it out so your your wide receiver depth is built into your starting lineup. So if you have two or three flex spots, you want two or three extra wide receivers, yeah. and then you can just load up on handcuffs so your whole bench could be handcuffed running backs because who knows what shit show is going to happen after uh, after the first couple of weeks. And that's where that's where Denny's strategy really is genius. I, well, I, and I would say I I really I appreciate everything you guys are saying. I, I want to give credit where it's due, and and you know the the thought leaders at Rotoviz, Sean Siegel, uh, in particular, uh, have really led the zero RB charge as far as like the theory and and what's behind that and the foundational aspect of it. I I have fun with it on on Twitter, and I believe I believe in it, and I and I've used it to to uh, gr- uh, great effect in in uh, in leagues. So. I, I, but I, it's definitely, definitely not, not mine. I do want to say re- real quick, um, uh, about, about what Bo was saying about stack, uh, stocking up on running backs later in the draft and filling your bench with the, with those kind of running backs. If you're drafting now, like in the next week, we have a whole preseason ahead of us. Okay. We have so many injuries that are going to happen over the next three weeks that if you go zero RB and you know your your RB one is someone I don't, I don't know I mean your RB one is someone like who who goes in the fourth I don't know, James Connor okay Ugh. I know it's disgusting to think about um, but <laughs> Scott Scott will never be the same um, but what, what, you, what, what you what you do what you do honestly you you get once you get your four or five foundational receivers in the early rounds you're done you're done okay you don't you don't need to the the point is not to get 15 receivers it's to get five or six really really good ones and then you fill your bench with flyers and through the preseason you never know you never know what will happen and you might end up on september 1st looking at your roster and saying my God, I have three starters. I have three starting running backs. Like I, and, and these are, this is a, a possibility you knew would happen or could happen, but it wasn't, it wasn't guaranteed that, that that's the sort of uh, that's, that's the anti-fragility aspect of it. Chaos happened and you benefited from it. Hmm. I love it. Let, let me, let me do a little rapid fire here. I'm going to give you guys each, we'll go around the horn here, right? No points given out, but you can do like a little tiny mini hot take behind it. Give you guys three wide receivers. You tell me, and this is in the mid range, right? Where, where Denny's kind of still drafting in that four fourth round, you know? So if Denny's still going his for, for say he goes RB, you know, hero RB or whatever, and then three wide receivers, or he's just going four straight wide receivers. So in this range, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you three and just off the top of your head, I've got DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, Mike Williams. I'm gonna go to Mike first. DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, Mike Williams. Just give me the first one. Who do you want out of those three? You're on the clock. You've got 10 seconds. All right. It's between, <laughs> I'm sorry. Seconds. I'm just trying yeah, to think. Uh, yeah. uh, I'll take I'll take Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Um, okay. I mean, it's tough between him and DJ Moore. 
um i guess i i, I guess i'm i'm just going with gut you know i'm going with you know uh him, him taking, yeah a touchdown upside him taking another step forward um denny's humongous doppelganger justin herbert uh, <laughs> Well, that skin is very clean. Let's look look at the smooth skin, the pores. Denny has not had a breakout in since like 1969, guys. Come on. Oregon Duck. Yeah. Um, I think I think he 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 takes a step forward. It's it's I feel disrespectful to DJ Moore doing that because if you're just going on what we've seen thus far, you should pick DJ Moore. Well, um, talent as a wide receiver doesn't always translate to to the touches being in the right areas with the quarterback who's competent enough to, to lead you into that. I think Justin Herbert is, is a, you know, more um, downfield than Baker Mayfield is when it gets down there, his accuracy is better, but um, all right, let's, let's shift to Bo. Denny will be the last word. Bo, who's your guy? I love your take, Mike. Uh, who's your guy and why? Mike Williams, because the other two are not the alpha on their team. Uh, I think Keenan Allen is always going to be Keenan Allen. I don't think he has the same ceiling he might have had a couple years ago. Mike Williams has been the ceiling guy for the Chargers the last year. He was a wide receiver one last year. Wide receiver 12, even after he kind of faded down the stretch. Uh, that's that's huge for fantasy as you want you want the guys with upside. And I don't I'm not saying that the other two guys don't have immense upside with their abilities, but DJ Moore is always going to be second fiddle to Christian McCaffrey in that passing game. And he's never been a wide receiver one. He's he started his career with three straight thousand yard seasons. He's never scored more than four touchdowns. Uh, Mike Williams can score four touchdowns in two weeks. Mm. And Jalen Waddell is going to have to play second fiddle to Tyree Kill most likely. Uh, it's I just don't I don't know about their upside with those two. I know that Mike Williams has wide receiver one upside because we just saw it, and he's got the best quarterback of of the three. Mm. All right. Well, two for two, Denny. I don't want to put you in a corner here. You know, no one backs Denny into a corner. That's right. As yeah. the movie goes. Uh, Seen it. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's DJ Moore for me. Um, and, uh, and and it's true. I mean, uh, it would be nice if DJ Moore eventually scored a touchdown. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I would uh, I'd be I would be a fan. Even Jacoby Myers just scored and DJ Moore did not. <laughs> I would be a fan. Just one, DJ, if you could just do that uh, this year. But, okay, here I, I recently wrote this up, and it's on NBCSportsEdge.com if folks want to check it out. Um, since the start of the 2020 season, there are only six wide receivers who have more expected fantasy points than Moore, and this is with some of the most heinous quarterbacking you've ever seen in your life i mean i sam darnold was bad last year okay we know this but cam newton was horrific i i'm talking about com completion rate over expected and and you know his arm his arm's gone his arm's done and we we've known this for i don't know four four to six years somewhere in there and right, right. I'm, I'm, He's, I'm back. I'm back. I got arm, but I'm back. It was, it was fun while it lasted for about 12 minutes. But you know, his completion rate over expected was abysmal. It was the worst in the league. Um, and DJ Moore still managed to produce through, through that. So if Baker may, the, 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 the thought is if Baker Mayfield can get back to something along the lines of his 2020 form, which is pretty good. Um, we, we can get DJ Moore. We can get a ceiling season from DJ Moore. It doesn't mean that he's a top 10 receiver, but 
but thankfully he's not being drafted as one. So I like more. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I just took more as my wide receiver too in uh, one of these tournaments, you know, that you're, people are doing right now where uh, you're, you're kind of analyst league type thing where it's a fundraiser for something. I don't know what it's for, but, uh, you know, I think I took him in the fifth round of a, of a two QB. I think I'm like the seventh pick. So a two QB league. Uh, and I felt good about it. I, I did. I really do. I like it. I like both of them. I think DJ Moore is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I, I'm going to go DJ Moore by a, a hair and, and the touchdown upside, though, with Mike Williams from game to game. This is what's going to happen. Mike Williams is going to get you 35 points, 25 points, six points. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's how it's going to go. Hopefully, DJ Moore can get you 25, 15, 18, 20, 16, 15, 25, 23. And that, that's that's what you want. You want somebody to be consistent, uh, especially if he's your wide receiver three. In a Denny scheme, that's what he is. So let's transition yeah. real quick. We talked a little bit of wide receivers. Uh, Denny, I know you have sent out for, for NBC Sports Edge your tiered um, zero RB targets round by round. So it's not just you go, I got three or four zero RB targets. Right? No, <laughs> the, way you, the way you do is you build a individualized draft based on kind of who you targeted in the first you know round of wide receivers and then who is available in, in those positions. So, but I do want to walk you through and kind of, you know, give you some opportunity. Who are some of those uh, those RBs that, okay, so now we're, we're, we're running out of wide receivers and there's a, there's a cutoff and now yeah. you're switching to RB flow, right? And you're like, this is the hinge, this is the RB, or this is the wide receiver range where you're like, it's time to kind of convert from, you know, heat to AC or whatever they, you know, they yeah. call it this. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it, Scott. And, and to, and to say, you know, you, you, you do make a shift, you know, you say, I have my five or six receivers like it's time, as the kids say, it's time to go ham on the running backs. Okay. Mm, and I, sounds delicious. you know, I don't even like ham all that much, but I go ham on, on, uh, on running backs. And, and, uh, and so you have, you know, off the bat, uh, Devin Singletary has jumped off to me as uh, jumped out to me as, as a candidate, but man, the, uh, the, the, the training camp stuff coming out about James Cook and also Zach Moss, that the Zach Moss aspect really complicates things for everybody in that backfield because Zach Moss in 2020 was for a while was the best bills running back, like by a good margin. And if he's back, he was injured last for most of last year. If he's back to, 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 to full health, that's a, that's a major issue for Singletary and James Cook, I think. Uh, but, but especially Singletary. So I, I mentioned him, he's actually the cover guy on my article. I think I need to change that. Um, so, so he's kind of <laughs> off the list. You know what? But one guy a little lower in that range, and you can tell me you got, if you guys uh, are horrified by this or not. But uh, Michael Carter, Michael Carter, and yeah. and 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 I know, I know. Look, I know Brees Hall was drafted with the idea that he's going to be a workhorse running back, but I can't. I ignore the fact that Michael Carter put up really solid, not just raw stats, but the peripheral stuff. Excellent pass catcher, efficient pass catcher, good runner. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that he's just going to sit on the sideline and wait for Brees Hall to for need a breather. Right. I think that he's going to be part of the offense. But the but the the upside is if Brees Hall misses time, then you have an actually good running back who can step in and take those snaps. That's a great one, by the way. Thank you. And and um, Mike Collins might want to speak to that because he, he's itching. I can tell he's itching to to glum on that bandwagon because he's a, a Michael Carter truther. Yeah. I just, um, I like if we're talking about getting 
you know, somebody you, 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 you know, you went chicken RB and now you're going ham RB, you know, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're ready to, to go RB. I, I think Michael Carter, um, is, I don't know if you'd say he's a steal, but, uh, Brees Hall is a rookie and we're talking about the Jets and we're talking about just, you know, kind of like that old school football mentality where I, Michael Carter has the job. I I expect to see him at the beginning of the season more than I'm going to see Brees Hall. I, that's, that's where I think it's going to be. I, I think Brees Hall is going to slowly take the reins but again you know adding on to what denny said i i think it's going to be a two rb system you know they're not they're not just going to give up the talent that they have with michael carter and and you know all the different stats that he had last year um he he, he did everything well and so for me i just i i look at Brees hall as one of these guys that's so exciting and I think he does have Jonathan Taylor um, capabilities, but I, I think being on the jets, his, his first year is going to be a little bit more muted than what you saw with Jonathan Taylor. I completely disagree. I'm just going to say, listen, I have them both in Scott fish. One was in round six or five, round five. And then one was in round 13. So, you know, you can't go wrong, you know, either way, you know, they're going to get, that way. they're going to get targets. They're going to give targets to the, to the running back. Like that's one of the, the top uh, 10 offenses that targeted the, the running back last year. So I want action on that, uh, particularly with just, you know, uh, Zach Wilson. Did you see that throw he made off his back foot to Elijah Moore? I got full chub on that one. I'm not going to lie that out of you seen that one. It's in slow motion. Hit the Elijah. Yeah, the, the camera pans. Uh -oh, so then they have the slow mo back. He's on one foot. He just flicks his wrist. It's like sixty yards, and uh, it moved. But uh, I don't have <laughs> I don't have Elijah Moore on my team. Unfortunately, he got scooped up. But oh, they, that sounds unfortunate, Scott. You, Guess you who have does? Moore? Oh, okay, okay. I'll stop humble bragging and stop sharing my screen. So um, I, I'm with Denny. I like that a lot. Um, so when you you've got Michael Carter, that's your first one. How are you kind of building from there? Who are some of the next, you know, next time around? Are you are you an Isaiah Spiller truther? Are you looking at Damian Pierce? Like, yeah. is there a rookie kind of that you're going to go? This might get this rookie might emerge in this backfield as having a bigger role uh, in maybe it, not just injuries, but just as they assimilate into their offense. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just I'll read some of the guys I, I mentioned in my zero RB uh, tiers article on um, NBCSportsEdge.com. Uh, he works for NBCSportsEdge.com, guys. Uh, and if you don't follow either one, company man, company if you don't man. Follow either one of them, if you don't listen to a good football show, you know, come on, get, get your act together here, folks. Right. Let's and, move the merch, right? Come on. Right. And I and the rumors that I have an NBC Sports Edge tattoo are erroneous. No. Um, all right. So we have a washable uh, one. It was a washable. <laughs> I guess we'll find out in Canton. That's right. <laughs> it's on my neck. Um, <laughs> Uh, we have Naheem Hines in the 12th round. We have Marlon Mack around the same uh, point. Obviously, Michael Carter, uh, Alexander Madison, Tyler Algier. Tyler Al Algier is, is interesting, I think, because um, 
I think, you know, this, there's this weird thing uh, in the fantasy industry where people say, have said, um, Mike Davis didn't work out last year. So how can Tyler Algier work this year? And I don't really understand that because we're talking about two different players, two different, right. Scott, that's the, that's my reaction is. I mean, have you seen the other guy's what? thighs? They're not, they're not monster trash can thighs. It's going to be a different. Well, yeah. no, look, if he, look, I, and I, I don't want to impugn anybody here or watching, but I will say that Mike Davis's fourth round ADP last year was the worst ADP I've ever, ever. seen in fantasy football across any ever. position. Yeah. Ever. It was, it was, it was baffling on every level. I'm with you hundred percent on that. I couldn't believe it. I yeah. wouldn't take, I wouldn't have taken, I think, and I believe I was on the record of saying this. I wouldn't have taken Mike Davis in the 12th round last year, much less the fourth. And, and so, so just because you, if you, if you got burned on Mike Davis, that's on you. Like that was a bad pick. <laughs> and, and Algier is now available in the 11th, 12th, 13th round. Is it possible he gets a bunch of empty calorie carries between the twenties? Yes, it is. It is possible. But he's a big back. He could he could get goal line work. He could get short yardage stuff. While while uh, Corderell Patterson gets the gets the receptions out of the backfield. So I I think that I think that he's at least interesting there. And then you have uh, some other guys: Khalil Herbert, uh, Tyrion Davis Price, Deontay Foreman, who I'm very interested in, Kenneth Gainwell, and Zamir White. Um, you know, Zamir White gets more interesting by the day. I oh, think. Sure. As, oh my god. Yeah. Bo, Bo would say. Oh, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, those last two, those last two he mentioned uh got me out of my chair briefly because I don't have much vertical to me, but um <laughs> I, I just anyway. Let's just say yeah. Michael, I'm on. I want Bo to talk and, and Mike to talk too, and then I'll I'll uh, shut up. We 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 talked about uh, Zahir. Me, me and Michael were talking about him on the phone the other day. We were it was it was uh, it was hot and heavy. Just you know, not even on, didn't make it to Twitter, didn't make it to any podcast. It was just I mean now it did, but we were just like you know when you when you talk with your friends and you're like you see that running back, right. you know it was one of those talks. So uh, Bo, go ahead. I just want to concur that we're all in the same club here. Um, there's there's a lot to be said about pedigree. And uh, Zamir White was a five-star high school recruit, even after two ACL surgeries. And he's kind of got that Frank Gore thing going where he had two ACL surgeries very early on when he was very young. And after that, he's been healthy and he's been explosive. He's a five-star track athlete. We're talking about a bigger back who runs a 4-4, who's got good lateral agility. He's an extremely intelligent player. I scouted him as one of the top five running backs in this class. And he went to the Raiders team that has no interest whatsoever in featuring Josh Jacobs. None. <laughs> and Kenyon Drake, who? Who? Mm-hmm. We're talking about a guy that this new system, Josh McDaniel's regime, drafted specifically because of his upside, his recent health. Every, all these running backs are going to get hurt. I'd rather get have them get hurt as a senior in high school, freshman in college, and then get stronger and stronger as they go along rather than investing heavily in them and having them get hurt early on. Uh, Kenny Gainwell is mm. just a, he, another situation where he's the guy that the current regime specifically drafted with a, a role in mind. 
Mm-hmm. They right. want him to be Hines their version of Austin Eckler, Naheem right. Hines. Yeah. You have the Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni connection to the Chargers and the Colts. They want him to be that guy, and they have no interest whatsoever in featuring Miles Sanders, and neither did Doug Peterson. So we we wonder what Miles Sanders' job actually is other than being the guy that just eats up volume. Yeah. And it's actually pretty efficient, but the team just hates him for whatever reason. And so Kenny Gainwell, huge target for me. I'm reaching on him by a round or two because I want him on my team. His upside is insane, even as a standalone PPR back at that at that ADP. And as a handcuff, I think that we could we could see him really put on some huge spike weeks this season if Sanders or Boston Scott goes down. Yeah. I'm gonna concur and pass the mic to Mike. Um, so going back to, uh, uh, the zero RB strategy, I am, I, I'm, I'm not a, a tout of zero RB. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a hero. I'm, I fall on the hero RB side of things. Generally I could, I could go zero RB. I could go robust RB, you know? Yeah, right. Um, generally I'm probably, if I could get what I want, I want to go hero RB. That being said, if I'm going chicken, to ham zamir white is yeah. my guy zamir white's my guy Love it. everything you said bose uh, you know here's the thing a five-star recruit like this guy was going to be herschel walker in high school like mm-hmm. the, uh, i mean the country was tuned in on this guy and he uh, like both said two acls here's what i know this is the acl thing is it's not like it was in the 80s and the yeah. 90s right. Right. they just go in there they they have a whole new way of doing it. They just go in there, they poke your little thing through, bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> You're good to go. Kids kids get ACL tears all the time. Everybody in the NFL has had it and the ACL. They're all doing it. <laughs> Everybody's it's like doing Tommy it. John. They're like, oh, we might as well just get it out of the way now, you know. <laughs> I, I do think I don't necessarily agree with Bo that. Uh, that this is Zamir White's team. I think Josh Jacobs is going to get his run, and I think it's going to be uh, a timeshare. Uh, I think Zamir White is just a better version of Josh Jacobs, and I heard somebody else say that, and I, I like that. Um, Josh Jacobs is good, um, but Zamir White, I think, as the season progresses, as you see some more electric plays, they're going to get him on the football field. And so to get him late with this chicken to ham strategy, I think he he's somebody I'm going to be targeting. That's funny. I like the chicken to ham thing. I, I, I like it. And listen, uh, if you don't know, Mike Collins is the funniest person that I know that I hang out with uh on a regular and talk to so he always he always gets me with those things but let, let me just advocate for rashad white coming into an offense uh real quick last year that was one of the top five in targets running backs right and i don't think leonard Fournette is going to get 84 targets this year i just don't think that's going to be the role for him i think they want to keep him around for the for the playoffs like for the whole thing right and so uh, i can definitely see rashad white coming in Right now, uh, if you're looking at him over on 4.4 ADP, which I like because it gives you the whole spectrum, right? So ESPN 239, uh, you know, if you're if you're doing Yahoo 168. So some places not great, but you know, the real people who know uh, in the FFPC, uh, a, a huge difference there. He's going 117, right? So 
there, there's some people who know. I want to get Denny's react because I heard him talk to the beat reporter. I listened to the show, Denny. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a fan, honestly. Thank and, you. I mean, this is the truth. I started before I did any content as a fan of people like Denny and JJ. Um, that's how that's how I got into this. It was it was them and Matt Harmon, the three of them. Those are like the three people. I think I think Jake Seeley had a podcast too that I heard. Uh, there, there were certain people that I I kind of started from the beginning listening to. So I always do listen to your podcast when I when I do my chores, like I said. So um, what do you think about Rashad White? Because you you chimed in, but I never kind of got your your full yeah. thought on him and where you where you you think it could happen. Would it happen in the beginning of the year, middle of the year? Would, would he break out at all, or or, or no? He, he's really interesting for a zero RB roster. And I, I do try to get him as much as I can. I'm not willing to pay the tax on him, you know, and, and I'm sure Bo as a California resident can uh, understand that. Nine dollars um, a gallon. Uh, <laughs> but you, would you, you like you to just, comment? I just got a chill <laughs> roll down my back. I, mean, <laughs> I, I pay taxes on other taxes. All right. All right. It's <laughs> oppressive. Um, and anyway, yeah, but, but I will say, I will say that I, I, I think that there's a good possibility that it's just, it's just, uh, Lombardi Lenny's backfield. And that's, that's that. And mm-hmm. Rashad White can step in when Fournette hurts his hamstring at some point or something. I don't know. But other than that, I think, I think there's a possibility that Rashad White is completely useless for fantasy outside of a Fournette injury. Mm-hmm. And like even that. then, I will say he has a big problem with Keyshawn Vaughn still being there. Mm-hmm. And until they cut Keyshawn Vaughn, which I don't think they're going to do, uh, I don't think Rashad White has this clear path to that workload, even in a four-net injury situation, as you think. Because it was Keyshawn Vaughn looking pretty impressive in relief last year when they were blowing teams out or when they were just giving Lenny a break. Uh, it's... Keyshawn Vaughn's explosive. He's a good receiver. He's got lots of speed. Rashad White is a bigger back, but he doesn't run between the tackles. He doesn't break tackles. He's just extremely good in the open field. So I don't know that Rashad White has any relevance this year as a, as a, as a handcuff or otherwise. Mm. It's a, it, I'd love to yeah. see it, but I just don't. I worry because Keyshawn Vaughn still has a role there. Importantly, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn no longer has a head coach who hates him. Ah, it's important. <laughs> Very important. Yeah. I right. mean, Bruce Arians, that guy hated him. Hated Keyshawn Vaughn more than with a any. passion. I mean, <laughs> wow. It was it was it was amazing. The only the only coach I've seen hate a player more is Mike Zimmer hated Kellen Mond more. Yep. <laughs> more but Kellen Mond's terrible, so that makes sense. I hate Kellen Mond too. I mean, he wouldn't even <laughs> Zimmer wouldn't even acknowledge Kellen Mond as a human. Like, oh, no, we would ask him and be like, "Never heard of him." Sorry. Next question. Yeah. Did you Did you want to talk about Kellen Mond? What's there to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's That's what he said. By the way, uh, we have a We have a listener, Scott. Can you Can you highlight Sean's uh, comment about the ACLs? Uh, yeah. neighborhood Zoom <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, it's true. It's true, 
I mean, that's they're funny, all doing it. They're all doing funny it because, because honestly, my my right knee is in such a state right now that I could actually it's go outside busting. and just tear. I could tear my ACL right now. Like oh, if I like, if I like yeah. did a sprint, it would just shred. And I know that, so I could I could do this. That would be straight busting for real, for real, no cap, <laughs> no cap. Right. On God, on God, on God. I have. I'm not gonna lie. I have a doctor's appointment on Tuesday when we get back from the expo because uh, I've been exercising. I've been working out. I've been getting in shape. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I have pulled uh, something in between my growing and my, you know, my testicles. <laughs> Something's going on, man. Something's going on. So after two months, yeah, after two months of like, That's not your ACL. No, I know. No. No. I'm saying <laughs> you just don't know what you can, what you're going to do when you're out there. I mean, I, I have not run as a fat guy for a long time, and I got there, I huff it, and I puff it, and I chase around winter. And there's a lot of lateral movement that I've been doing, so I don't know what's going on. So just take care of your health, folks. You know, if you if you're as not a fellow it, wide body, you might uh, have herniated yourself not by lifting a piano, but by lifting yourself. Oh, I know. I well, listen. I've also also hurt my shoulder because listen, I've got a really cool chair now. I'm not gonna lie. I'll spin around. Hold on. Yeah, this is a this is a Costco special here. Uh, like a hundred dollars, eighty nine dollars, whatever it is. I love it. Um, but carrying it in. Uh, to the car from Costco and then lifting it, put my trunk at some point or carrying it in to my house and bring it to the basement. I hurt my shoulder to the point where I, it, it hurts to go backwards to take my phone out of my pocket and shit like Dude. that. I can pop. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's, old man, it's just like, Dude. Me and it's not, you know, so I, I, I have, I have right now a hurt shoulder and a hurt back. Look at this. Danny, since we played golf, we've all gone to shit. You know, I'm fine. I'm playing flag football on Saturday. I know we're watching. We're watching. I'm right. oh, morbidly really? obese. Morbidly obese, and all I've done is eat and drink and smoke weed for two straight years. I'm still playing. <laughs> yeah. This is my guy. I love Bo, man. Bo is the guy. If you don't know, yeah, I'm definitely coming to watch. Is it too late to get involved? You can go watch. It's going to be at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. <laughs> I'm going to be the next Zamir White out there. Or like Zamir the Abdullah. Did you pay to do it or what? No, they're gonna have to pay to get in once they see what I'm bringing. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gonna have ushers at the entrance. Yeah, you're okay. turning it into a pay per view event. Is that what it that, is? So I'm on Mike Clay from ESPN. I'm on, I'm on Mike Clay's team. Really? And, uh, nice. Yeah, and he goes. So he comes. He comes out and he goes. All right, Bo. I'm gonna have to remind you that this is not tackle football. It's just flag. And I was like, so no truck stick. Just to make sure no truck stick. Huh. What if I'm blocking? Can I hit the truck stick while I'm blocking for you? No, I no. want to make sure you look like Jonathan Taylor out there. That's hilarious. Mm. All right. Before we ask Denny what his favorite food is and get him out of here, we appreciate him so much. Yeah. Um, I want to, I tweeted this out earlier and uh, I want to ask you boys. Denny already has said his and, and I'll let him share his, but I want to hear from Mike and from Bo in a Denny fight club situation right we got we got 15 denny's here you know a couple guys got a round robin in here but they all fight it out uh who is the winning denny who's your denny and why uh while you're thinking um denny give me give me yours because you, you yeah. shared twitter immediately you knew which guy it was uh so go ahead yeah uh uh pink sweater or salmon salmon sweater denny uh Coral. that's uh <laughs> that, that that's my that's my wife's sweater actually nice um, which is why it's so tight on me. And um, that's why she left. <laughs> yeah. She, 
Now we know why. He's right. still she, she left about six minutes after I put that on. Uh, <laughs> it's unfortunate. But, uh, but you know the what? I was I, already idling, Denny. You don't have to lie. I accept it. Um, but but uh, here's the thing. So as someone said on Twitter, it looks like that version of me wants to destroy something beautiful. I, I, I agree. <laughs> Well, I, I thought that was funny, and then I just—I think I replied that uh, that—that's the picture I have as the contact in my phone. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you text me or we text each other, that that picture comes up. I, I like the sweater. I'm not gonna lie. Um, all right. So, um, Mike, uh, I'll let you jump in here first. What? What? Who? Denny wins and why? Which Denny beats up all the other Denny's? Well, they're not. He's not gonna in, beat in this picture. Denny. In these pictures, which Denny yeah. wins the fight? Yeah, at the uh, end. Which, which I, I'm gonna go with young, dumb, and full of cum, Denny. He he's <laughs> second row from the bottom all the way to the right. This guy, uh, that guy, yeah. <laughs> I think I that, that was Denny, Jason Priestley. Yeah, I think that I think that Denny is going to probably scratch your eyes out. I think he's filled <laughs> with tea. This is this is not the same Denny. This guy's got a lot more tea. That 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 the tea is higher there, and I think he hates all these low tea other Denny's, and he wants to destroy them, and right. he's probably gonna scratch their eyes out. Right. Uh, so Mike, Mike, I I I was about uh, twenty eight there. Okay. And um, <laughs> and he and the, the story behind that is um, my my newborn son at the time had been had kept us up all night, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was I was just in it in a, an honorary mood, just terrible mood. <laughs> but we had to go to church and then go to um, and then go to uh, brunch afterward, right? So. Lot. I, I'm, yeah, it's a lot, and, and 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 the baby's crying, and and it's just it, you're you know you can't function when you haven't slept much. Anyway, so some so I think my wife was like, "Hey, say cheese," and I was like, "I'm absolutely not saying cheese." Right now. <laughs> and, that, and that and that was my face. You could see uh, it. Instead of cheese, he said red rum. <laughs> There's danger. There's danger yeah, in those eyes. There is. Somebody did p- p- point that one out. Um. I have to say, there's a lot of fun responses. I'm not going to read them all. I think Kelly had the best one. She said, I was going to go with the one with the crazy eyes, but half of them have crazy eyes. <laughs> I know. I, know. That was, I love that. Um, all right, Bo, uh, who, who are you going with here, bro? So I thought you were trying to recreate Hollywood squares. So I <laughs> immediately gravitated to the Bruce Valanche version in the very middle there. Um, he has some teenage angst with the with the bangs over the eyebrows, yeah. and so I was I was thinking of him having razor blades in his pocket and a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve, and the, you, you just can't oh. trust that guy. You cannot trust that guy, and you know that he's he's the one with the arsenal in in the little uh, like the what's it the prepper bunker in the backyard. Uh, he's he's got a full setup in that bunker, so. Um, I'm I'm thinking that a uh, trench coat Denny in the middle there is going to be the winner. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think that <laughs> version of me, if I walked if I walked into a movie theater, everybody would, would walk away. Would, would probably would probably leave. Yeah, yeah. No, I like all those. I did not weigh in on my favorite online because I want to do it on the show. And my wife said this to me. She said, "Why are you sweating him by tweeting that out today?" I said, 
no, it's 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 content. I said, it's funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I said, we'll all talk about it. I said, and look what everyone else is saying. I started to read her all of them. She started laughing out loud. I said, see, this is what we do. I'm trying to. I, we're still trying to win our wives over. I don't know if you are, Danny. I mean, your wife left, but my wife. You, your wife is not online. She's not yeah. online. No, she listen. She's got a secret account that she's told no one about, and she'll just because she wants to see the tweets about London and what people say and the encouragement. So she'll go and see those. She'll go. Do you tweet about London or whatever? Like, yeah, yeah. But she doesn't monitor my Twitter. So, she, but but she, I, I showed her all the funny stuff. Here's my Denny. It's this guy. It's guy. It's this guy right here. This is Nancy Pelosi desk, Denny, right here. This guy is down underneath. You know, uh, the, the the angsty Bo Denny uh, with the flannel on. <laughs> this this is how he started the day after church and stuff. This is how he ended. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's was, Natty Light Denny. That's Natty Light Denny. Oh, I, was, I feel like that's like fuck it. That's like it's something. It's oh uh, Mickey's it's malt liquor Denny. Fuck it. It's in his eyes. Like I gotta do some shit. You know, like it just as a man, you know when things are gonna go down. And and like I, the first guy who would get his ass kicked is this Denny right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that Denny's dead before the yeah. war starts. <laughs> He's got yeah. No so, so actually, uh, uh, are you are you talking about um, the 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 one that you that you pointed out as the one who would win? Is he the the second one in the middle from the bottom? Yeah, the one. Yeah. Who's, okay, it's like shrug, like right here. He's he's shrugging it. You know, he's just like. Yeah. Oh. So that that was me in like the the heart of COVID. Like, uh, like I'm talking like June 2020 when everything was a disaster. Yeah, I know. Just thinking about that time. But um, uh, and and I, you know, I hadn't had a haircut for like nine months, 10 months, something like that. And uh, and and weirdly, none of my shirts fit. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but uh... oh, I, know, I know what happened. Let me get pictures and I kind of keep on the DL. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think my shirt shrunk in the wash during COVID. I don't know, um, but but uh, yeah, that that that's where that comes from. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, no, so I I have a, I see a lot of the plaid Denny in Northern California because there's two Californias. Everybody knows that um, we're all tax double, but there's two Californias: there's kale and kombucha California, and then there's monster and hot Cheetos California. I live in the latter. And there's lots of those Denny's that remind you of the Sean William Scott character in old school that that's right. running the the petting zoo. Uh, that that's that's what that one reminded that's me of. Funny. <laughs> so funny! <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I gotta say this has been this has been tremendous. On our way out, uh, I'm gonna ask uh, Denny what his favorite food is. Uh, because I don't think I've ever asked him, like, if, if you got your last meal, right, I'm not going to say anything bad's happening to you, but this is like the last choice you can have, like your best favorite <laughs> meal, uh, you know, uh, what, what would it be? Uh, and and uh, if there's any history behind it or, you know, maybe it's something that you, you know, have, mm. you know whatever, um, what, what it's going to be. You mean my my death row execution meal? Well, uh, yeah, I don't want to be get too dark. You know what I, I mean? Like, after I just said he was going to take out a bunch of him, his alter egos in a war and a fight club. So <laughs> right. yeah, he's going to have a last supper. On the run, he's on the run. He's got the one more stop to go. He can eat anything he wants. What's it going to yeah. be? Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's a that's, that's a great more like a blaze of glory out on the street somewhere, but you can get whatever you want right there. Like you stumble into yeah. the universe and there's the food you 
you want. Okay. It's going to be made for you. It's going to be perfect. Right. And you end, you know, whatever you're going to do. All right. I, I got it. I got it. Uh, give me a legit, not, not one of these fast food items. Give me a legit gyro. Mm, yeah. And, and, and I'm good and I'm good. You know, so, with, dripping with, guess, with a side of hummus. Yes. With hummus. Yes. Right. So yeah. I went, I went tzatziki all over yeah. that thing. Yes I, yes. I went, I went, uh, sliced tomatoes. I want lettuce. I want, I want it all falling out of it. As you I try. want, I want the pita to be warm and I don't, I don't want the pita to be too thick. Okay. I want, I want it to be somewhat, somewhat thin pita, but it needs to be warmed. And the, and it has to be tons of, tons of gyro. Okay. Like meat, the meat, it has to be crazy, a crazy amount. Right. Okay. Dripping, dripping the oils are dripping off. Of yes. It. All meat. over olive oil, everything. Yes. Give me that. Mutton. Give me, give me that. And I, I can, I can leave this mortal coil uh, happy. <laughs> Before I ask Bo and Mike and, and, and share my, uh, I, Denny, have you been to Greece? Have you been uh, traveled the, the, the other side? I have uh, twice in 2004 twice. and 2008. Yeah. I, I went in 2010, and this is my little tiny story. I was there for um, – I went to Italy for a week to 10 days, and then I went to Greece for about seven days. And we're going to go home, uh, and we've been all over Greece. We're about to go home, and we're going back through Athens. And the volcano in 2010 in Iceland is erupting, and it's spreading an ash cloud over Europe that cannot – no one can travel. So we're stuck in – Athens, which sounds oh, it's terrible. No, no, it is because you're stuck. <laughs> you're stuck in a hotel that every day you have to go out of the hotel and into the line in the airport and stand in line for like a million hours. Yeah. Your ticket to see if you can fly that day, which every day they're like, no, you're not going to fly. So what I did for that extra week, by the way, I should be teaching back in in the UK where I'm supposed to be teaching. I'm telling my boss like I'm stuck in yeah. Greece, you know. Um, but at that time, what we would do is we would drink the the beers, the mythos, and. Uh, and then we, 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 I mean, one day I was like, ah, fuck it. I can't, it's like a terrible time. I can't, I bought like six mythos. I just sat in the room, watched the news, just drank them. Mm -hmm. I was like, are those, are those like leader mythoses? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was a, it was a fun time. We finally then took a flight from mythos uh, Island over there in, in Greece to Italy. Cause they let us do that. And we took a rental car and drove and I drove from Italy in one day. We drove from Italy all the way to Calais in France, wow. and it was it was like uh, 27 hours of driving. We took a nap for a little bit and got on a ferry, went across. It was just the craziest time. It was like planes, trains, automobiles, but with a a, a beautiful lady. So I'm not going to complain. <laughs> uh, but wild times. I agree that that food over there is is you've had over there. It just it melts in your mouth like it, yeah. it, you can't explain. It. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll go Mike and then Bo because Bo's a connoisseur. Um, man, I, I wasn't even thinking of anything good, but the first thing that came to my mind, uh, what I would want is this bacon, egg and cheese breakfast sandwich at this place in Frederick that I go to all the time. It's so good. It's got this just like, I've still haven't taken Scott there. Uh, when you come up for the draft, we'll, we'll have to go there the next day. Um, it's got the it's everything with sandwiches it's the bread that's the secret to a good sandwich it's the bread like the ingredients are the same i don't know where they got this bread but it's just so perfect and it's this <laughs> big huge sandwich like it's like this big like you like it like you know i get it i get it um 
I get it over medium. So there's just a little bit of egg drip that comes out when you take the bite that's and good. it's just, that's Oh, yeah. yeah. that's why, that's what I would get if I'm answering at this exact moment. That's not, that's not a bad answer at all. That's strong to quite strong. Bo, how about you brother? Cause you're the foodie. So I'm going to go off the rails here because I'm apparently the connoisseur, but I'm going to ask them to make something completely impossible because I'm going to ask them to resurrect my grandfather and have him make smoked salmon, like smoked Alaskan fresh caught wild salmon because it's the best. And I would also have a whole smorgasbord of all the things that he made because my grandpa was a chef. He was, he was, he, he cooked for all the brass during the Korean war. And then he drove a logging truck the rest of his life. So riddle me that the guy spent the rest of it, whatever day, days he wasn't on the road, driving his big, big rig. He was in the kitchen making everything from scratch. And as soon as I could see over the countertop, I was, I was helping him out and learning things. Nice. And so that's for me, I would be like, I want, I want his tacos and burritos because he would make the refried beans from scratch. I want his chicken and dumplings because he'd make everything from scratch. Like we broke down the whole bird and, and uh, pressure cooked it and then broke it all down piece by piece and then threw in fresh egg noodles. Like we're talking the stuff like when I was like seven years old was elite and I haven't been able to reach that even with my own cooking. Mm. So I would ask whoever the executioners were to resurrect my grandfather, may he rest in peace and bring back, put him back in the kitchen, put him to work because I mean, he would gripe about it, but at least, at least he would be cooking for me again. I love it. If you don't know Bo McBigtime, uh, Bo McBrayer, he, I, I flashed his stuff up there while he was talking, uh, go to bigtimeflavor.co, right? Is it, you know, I figured it out after all these terms, right? And, and he's got, a bunch of different seasonings if you like it hot if you like it you know smooth if you like it dry whatever you like it he's got the hot box uh mike has the hat on my hat's over there hanging on my wall uh it's yeah show him the hot box it's one of the best hot hot sauces you can ever have it actually tastes really good and it'll still burn you but it tastes really good so uh do check them out i'm gonna say this it was it was it was a hard i went sandwich too like breakfast sandwich I'm i'm a great big breakfast egg sausage bread type i'm with you guys here I thought about it, man. I worked at a, a pizza restaurant, and um, it was called Hungry Howie's. Mike worked there, actually, too, here in the Durwood area, the Gaithersburg uh, vicinity, Rockville, in between there. Denny yeah. lives in that Right area. down the street from you, Denny. Right? right? I know. Dude, I used to get Hungry Howie's all the time. I'm talking- delivered. Me, me and Mike might have delivered to your house and not even known it and just been like, because we did it for like five years, four years, something like that. Like, we, we were there. For a long time, it got me through college. That's how I paid for my college. I did pizza on Fridays. Oh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't during your college. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, that was long. That was, I'm like 69 years old. In so, the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, I would say if you could, and Mike knows, if you could let the dough rise all day in the pan, and the way they kept the pans is they stacked them. So if you got one of those bottom trays, it's been it's been rising all day, but then also isolated, so it's not dry. It's all like moist. You put that in there, and then you just put as much cheese and sauce and mm-hmm. like meat toppings, and you know I, I like onions, peppers. Uh, you know you put the banana peppers, you put jalapeno, you make it like the just the the bees knees, and then you just cook it at five hundred degrees, and it comes out, and it and you eat it like the second it comes out, right? And it just melts in your mouth. It's 
burned you. It's the best thing ever. So that that would be my and I would die right there on the floor in Hungry Howie's. There'd be like a you can <laughs> you can you can take uh, the the Scott out of uh, out of Durhood, but you can't take the Durhood out of Scott. He, That's right. Just, it, Although can't. he has had my pizza in my kitchen too. So. Yeah, I have both. Pizza. Listen, I fell asleep. At Bo's house, maybe a few edibles were eaten. I don't know. We talked to Field Yates that day. One of the best days of my life. We, we made the world's best pizza, and then we talked to Field Yates, right? And then we ate the pizza. It was crazy. Then I fell asleep. I woke up like 1130 in the middle of the night, whatever, 2 in the morning. There's pizza on my chest and a plate. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I started eating it again. I was like, this is exactly how you want it. He wasn't even all the way. He wasn't even fully awake yet. He just wakes up, looks down, eats, grabs the slice, and starts chowing, and then falls back asleep. Just like... And then I woke up later in the morning, five in the morning. I was like, did I just eat a piece of pizza in the night? I, I looked over this crust. I was like, I did. Plate was there. No breakage, no spillage. So um, thank you, Danny, for your time. We, we appreciate yeah. you. Where can people find you and your work? I mean, uh, besides just NBC Sports Edge, you you, you are the man over at CD Carter 13 on Twitter. Right? Is, that, is it CD Carter? It is. It's CD Carter 13. I, apparently, as, as I saw just a minute ago, I horrifyingly have posted 200 and 17,000 times. Holy shnikes. I I don't, I'm completely rattled by this fact. And uh, I desperately, desperately need to log off. But I never will. So uh, <laughs> that's where you can find That's, that's 216,000 more times than me. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's not great. Mental health wise, it's not great. I will, I will, no. I will say that, um, and uh, I'd probably be better off if I had that all the way down to zero. Alas, I don't, and uh, and I will, I will never stop posting. So yeah, you can follow me there. Uh, work is on NBCSportsEdge.com. Also, subscribe to a good football show. Uh, we have lots of stuff. I'm telling you, the the beat writer report, the beat writer interviews that we've had over the last two weeks have been actionable. Okay, like you can actually take stuff away and from these interviews and say. Wow, I didn't see that player in that way, and now I do. Yeah, love that. I, I don't listen to them on Stitcher. I guess that's the way it went through here. I listen to them on, uh, you know, uh, iTunes, but or Apple, whatever Apple Podcast is. Well, I, I will agree. Denny is the best follow on fantasy football Twitter. It really it is. And I gotta always say I appreciate him because, and not just coming on as a fantasy analyst, but as somebody who who before he even was my friend. He loved my daughter, London, cared for her. And so so did Bo. And Mike, my, my best friend, Mike, has done that for a long time. So I just appreciate you guys in general for the last couple of years in, in being an encouragement to me. You guys are some of the best people out there. Uh, and I appreciate you all. And go follow him. Uh, Bo, where can people find you? And what are you doing? Because you write for Fantasy Pros. You write for, for me. You write for everybody. I mean, you're the man. The ultimate freelancer. That's I'm, I'm going to coin myself for as, until I get a full time Highlander. Game. The 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 the, like the Highlander. I saw Highlander and it was shit. Highlander. <laughs> um, but yeah, I write for Fantasy Pros, Team Rise or Fall for my PGA uh, DFS picks. Check that article out. I also I'm writing anywhere between fifteen and twenty five articles a month for Fantasy Pros. Um, I have a really big one coming up starting uh, the week before the season starts. It's going to be my my uh, second annual uh, crystal ball picantics where I'm going to forecast top fantasy performances for all 32 teams, the playoff brackets, the superlative awards uh, for the players. I'm going to predict it all. Last year, I got a whole bunch of them right, and a whole bunch of them went horribly wrong because I made the mistake of writing it before training camp even started it. Oh. That now this year I'm writing it 
after training camp is in full swing. It's going to be about 10 to 20,000 words. It's going to be epic, but it's also going to be a lot sharper than it was last year. And that's saying a lot because I, I am never averse to spice. I want to call the shots. I want them to be bold because when they pay off, it's so, so much sweeter <laughs> when they, when it pays off that you called for something so crazy. Like the one I just posted yesterday where I predicted that the bills would finish third in scoring in the AFC East behind the jets and the dolphins. And yeah, I'm going to take a lot of flack, but if it actually happens, watch me dance on everybody else's grave. So Bo underscore McBig time on Twitter, uh, big time flavor.co. Uh, my link tree is on my bio on Twitter, so you can check out everything I do with with that. And I won't be dancing on anybody's grave because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a white guy with no moves. Absolutely no moves. Mike knows this. Uh, uh, Mike Collins, where can people find you, sir? So um, I thought I was might as, might as well do it now. A big reveal for the show. Um, I am Boomer Carter. Uh, I, oh, you are. I, yeah, I am. I'm Boomer oh, Carter. That's funny. So follow Boomer nice. Carter on no Twitter. Way. That's where you can find my work. Um, oh my! <laughs> I, I've, 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 yeah. I've been Boomer Carter for ten years now. Oh my! <laughs> now we, now we no, really no, have. To I, I am not Boomer Carter. I am the Ralph Macho. And, oh, and you, can, you can catch me on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, I tweet about twice a month, and they're hot fire. Uh, the algorithm never picks it up, so you'll probably never see it. So get, get alert yourself because twice a month I I drop bangers. Real like this is a great one. Look, th that's just wisdom from how many imaginary fights have you had so far today? How many have you won so far? Today? <laughs> I never lost. Never been owned. Online or Never. in my mind, right? So that's right. Pretty much the same thing. Check the bio. I'd already had about four or five when Check I tweeted that. So, <laughs> well, you guys are the best. I love you guys all. Uh, you can check me over at Nimble W Numbers, and then I've, I've written for uh, Sports Gambling Podcast two articles. One is about rookie wide receivers. I break down. Listen, I love to joke around and have fun, but really, I'm nimble with numbers. And what I love to do is put put the context right here. Are the the top performers, you know, the first round picks. Here's where draft capital comes in, right? I got data to back it up. I give you the breakouts from round to round. So you can look at your draft and go, who am I actually going to draft uh, this year from the rookies? I do it with running backs as well. So check those out. And then soon to come, I got to figure out when to do it, right? Maybe Mike can drive and I can like write on my computer most of the time uh, over the Fantasy Expo. But I got to get the, the wide receiver two theory. And it's coming out. We talked about some of the guys today, like Mike Williams. He's definitely the wide receiver two theory. But that's a little bit of a tease. So. Uh, check my work out there. And then if you're going to the, the Fancy Expo, all four of us are. Come see us. Like, I'll be wearing this jersey the whole time so you guys can check us out. You know, I know Denny has a tight schedule. He's on the, the clock, you know. But uh, the rest of us, you know. We'll, I'll be available. I'll be available. Bring him hummus. Listen, he likes hummus. Yes. I bring him hummus. And I got something to show you guys, too. This is cool. Uh, I showed uh, my other guys this. I, I've also got this, this, uh, this little thing right here, right? It's like, uh, you know, a little flip chart you have. Yeah. Where they so go, tight. yeah, and I'm not gonna rip it open, but if you look on there, it's the the um the QR code for both of the YouTube channels for Fancy Millionaires, which I do with my man Mike Collins, and then also a Chalk Block, which I do with my man Bowman Big Time. These are my favorite people in the world. Man, I talk Fancy and yeah. DS with both of them, and I'm bringing like 800 stickers, right? This is just this is just a little bit 
I'm, I'm giving out free football stickers of every team, right? Uh, old stickers, too, for all the old heads. They're called Zoomers, right? Because I know there's a bunch of Zoomers there, right? So I'm, I'm targeting some audiences here. But uh, YouTube, I want people to follow us. We're going to we'll blow it up over at the, at the expo. It's in like two days. So please check us all out there. Our work will be there. Uh, Denny, thank you. Bo, thank you. Mike, thank you. Uh, you guys are the best. Mike, I'll let you close it because you love to close it out. And then we'll let all these people go home. Okay. Well, um, in, in, in the closing ceremony, uh, let's all just acknowledge uh, we are now entering our third fantasy football season in the end times. We are, we are we're entering the third one in the end times. So with that being said, peace and love throughout the world. Peace and love. Peace and love, everybody.